Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. all day, not not because I get to get up here, but all I've been able to do today is think about just how good he's been. Um, I'll tell you guys something before we start. We're going to go to John 11, and we'll start in verse 17, but before we start, we uh, it's just been a, it's been a good week in the Lord. Um, we had a member of our church, it's been a member of our church for about, probably about six years. Um, got saved Monday morning. Uh, been praying a lot about him. Had a lot of, lot of just the Lord just burdened us down. Worried about him and what it just seemed like he was just getting more and more miserable. And um, uh, we got to preach Sunday night, and he called me Monday morning. He had posted something on Facebook, and I sent him the link to Tommy's message from Sunday morning, and. Uh, then he called me about an hour later, and he was crying his eyes out, and he said, I got to tell you something, and I thought he had wrecked our truck at work because he's, tr- he's a truck driver, and I thought, oh, Lord, here we go. And uh, he said, you preached all over me last night, and I said, I said, well, Chris, I didn't mean to, and he said, and then you sent me that link, and it preached all over me, and he said, I just gave my heart to the Lord on the side of the interstate in a tractor trailer, and uh we had been praying that he'd come to these men's prayer meetings and stuff, and, and he had no desire to. And and as soon as he got to work, he said, I'm going to go home and try to try to get home in time so that I can be at that meeting tonight. And, uh, man, that just filled me up. And then today I've just thought about how good God really is. And uh, even when you don't deserve it and even when you doubt him and you question him and you, you, you just let the devil beat you in so many ways and he beats you down in your mind and... And, and then just God shows up right on time, and He's always good. Um, but we're going to start in John 11, verse 17. It says, Then when Jesus came, He found that He had lain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh and unto Jerusalem, about fifteen furlongs off. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as... She, uh, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst heard, hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary her sister secretly, saying, The Master is come and calleth for thee. As soon as she heard that she arose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into town, into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. The Jews then which were with her in the house and comforted her 
when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Then Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, and he groaned in the spirit and was troubled and said, Where have ye laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold, how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should have not died? Jesus therefore again groaning in himself cometh to the grave. It was a cave and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. And that's as far as we're going to read. Um, But what I started thinking about this, and today uh, I I just have a feeling that this has a purpose to be here because all I could think about was different people in this church and and how many examples this pulls out of the people in this church. And and I I started thinking of Mary and Martha and how how they said, Lord, if you would have been here, he wouldn't have died. And Lord, if you would have only got here earlier, you could have saved him and he wouldn't have have just been sick and you could have healed him. They didn't have true confidence in what God could really do at that point. They didn't know that they just didn't believe that Jesus could raise them from the dead. He could heal them and and he could do all these mighty things. And and, and the first person that popped into my mind was Valerie and um, the the testimony that she gives about her daughter being sick and and how, how she got so scared to the point that she was saying, Lord, I know that you can heal them. Lord, I know that you can do this. I know that you can do that. And then she finally got to the point and she said, Maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't know that you can do this. And I'm just scared. And, and I thought about Mary and Martha right there. They finally got to the point and said, Why couldn't you have came earlier? Why couldn't you have done this? And he said, Don't you believe that I'm the resurrection? They said, Yes, Lord. He's going to rise again with the rest of them. And so he said, no, he's about to show you. He said, no, I'm going to show you. I am the resurrection. Um, and that's at the point to me that he had to show them he was God in the flesh. He, they knew that he was a healer and they knew that he was a prophet and they knew all these things. But then it got to the point where he said, I've got to bring him back from the dead. I can't just go up there and touch him and heal him. I've got to bring him to life. And, and I'm so thankful that one day that he looked down and he said, I've got to bring him to life. And he looked down and he said, Sammy, come forth. And when I came forth, they rec- I laid down a dead body one day. And then all of a sudden I was breathing and I was alive again in Christ for the first time in my life. I knew what living was. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, I, I think as Christians we often forget that feeling. We forget the day of what that day was like. And, and, and we're supposed to share that. 
That's, that's the problem with the church today. If we look right here, the Jews came with her. And Jesus said, I'm going to show everybody what's about to happen. And He even said, Father, I thank You for hearing me. And I had to say it so that they could see it. So that they could see that You sent me. I have to say it so that You can see that He sent me. That He saved me and chose me. If I don't say it, if I don't brag on it, nobody's going to know the difference. And, and, and I think that's where the church world's at. And that's why people are sitting at home today is we, we ain't saying it enough. We're not proud enough of Him. But then when it gets down there and He says um, that he, loose Him and let Him go. And, and I thought about that so much about how, how the world has bound us in so many ways that we get so caught up in the world. And every day Jesus is sitting right there just waiting on us to say, Lord, I need help. And you know what He's going to do? On command. You don't have to beg for it. You don't have to wait days. Mary and Martha had to wait four days for Him to get there because He said, I've got a plan. I've got something. But see, He's already laid out a plan for me that if I'll just listen to Him and I get burdened down and I grow close to Him, I could say, Lord, I need Your help. You know the first thing He's going to say? He's going to say, Satan, loose him and let him go. Yeah. I don't have, I don't have to carry him with me. When he burns me down, and I stood out there on the porch and, and I heard about the, the car wreck and I heard about Tish's bad day and, and I'm thinking, just loose them and let them go, Lord. Just loose them and let them go. And, and I thought, man, I, and I was, I was bouncing back and forth. I had a couple places I couldn't decide. And, and I was like, man, I think this is supposed to be here and that's all I've been able to think about today. And, and then I got up here and I heard about everybody's day and I thought, boy, today's a good day to be loosed and let go. And and, uh, but I thought about, I think her name's Brenda, that shared at the foot washing. 50 years. 50 years of salvation. And what the day's, there's a day coming that she may be laid in a grave. There's an elderly in here that's been doing it a long time. And I ain't, I'm eight years young, okay? But there's elderly in here that's been doing it a long time. And one day, you may be laid in a grave. And all of a sudden, one day, you're going to hear something. And I know I've got it. Danny Gregory. He says all the time that it's uh, Holy Ghost come up hither is what he thinks is going to be said. And I said I don't care what he says. I know in that moment I'm going to hear my name. It may not be my earthly name because he says you'll have a new name. But I'll know my name in that moment, and and that's going to he's going to call my name, and then there's going to be something take place. That like we've never seen before. And it says that the dead in Christ will rise first. We'll get to witness that. And it says in a moment in a twinkling of an eye, but He says that the dead in Christ will rise first and we'll join together with them in the air. I'll get to witness saints, my grandparents that have been dead for years, I'll get to witness those graves come open and see that spirit come out of there. That body's still going to lay because it's going to be loosed and let go of. That grave's going to bust open and they're going to come out of there. And I'll get to be a part of that because I'll be standing at attention the moment he says it. I just get caught up in that and I start thinking that I'll I'll see him when he peeks out of the cloud. I'll be looking and I want to be looking. But then when when you get to that loose him and let him go and and, and we can use that daily. Every day we can use that in in daily life. If if we just say, Lord, I've got to, you've got to get him off of me. You've got to get him off of me. He's battling me. That's That's the devil's job. See, I mean, it's guaranteed. Every day of your life, the devil's going to do his best to defeat you because he does not want to see you succeed. He does not want to. But then he promises. 
that if you call me, I will make him flee. All you've got to do is call me. And, he, and I'll look at the devil and I'll say, loose him and let him go. Loose him and let him go. I, I get bound up in my fears. I get bound up in my doubt. And this may be all about me. I, I get bound up in doubt. I get bound up in fear. I get bound up in, Lord, I can't do this. Lord, why are you doing this with me? What can you do with me? I'm useless. I'm worthless. And if I just shut my mouth and sit down and pray and say, Lord, you've got to help me with this. I've got to get past this. This is the burden that I've had since I have got since I have came back to start preaching. I, have, I preached so hard the first time I preached I couldn't breathe. And I haven't been able to do it since because I walked away from Him. And every day I sit and when I get ready to preach I say, Lord, You just loose me and let me go. You loose me and let me go. And if I keep praying one day, I'm going to preach just as hard as I did the first time. The first time, all I could do is grab the pulpit and say, what is happening to me? Didn't know how I was doing it. Didn't know why I was doing it. All I knew is it was coming. Now I'm sitting here and I'm in a spot where I'm saying, loose me and let me go. And I have to get past the point where I've got to prove to Him. See, that's the thing. I walked away from Him. And I've got a period where I've got to come back and I've got to prove to Him that I'm going to stay the course. And, he, and then one day he's going to say, son, you've done enough. Here, have a dose of what I want to give you. And then it's until what's going to happen if the, if the Lord don't come back first. But when he says loose him and let him go, I think of, I think of my age group. Yeah. I don't think we're going to die. And you say, oh, well, wait a minute. Everybody's going to die. There's going to be a, there's going to be a time that the Lord's coming back. And, and I, am, I am almost convinced that it's going to be long before I die. Um, I'm almost to the point that I think it'll be before my children come to the age of accountability. If you would have asked me when I got saved eight years ago if the world would have been this bad today, I would have told you there was no way. You couldn't have convinced me of that. And that's because the church isn't crying out, loose us and let us go. We're crying out, we're content, we're happy, we're good where we're at. And heaven forbid somebody come in the back of the church that don't belong and then we're looking at them going, what are you doing here? When we ought to be saying, Lord, loose the Spirit and let it go. Let it fly out through the church. Let's see something happen. Our churches are sitting half empty on a Wednesday night for one reason. Because we don't want Him to do His job. The church don't want Him to do His job. If we wanted Him to do His job, we'd be striving for the chance to just come. I, there's not a doubt in my mind that every time the door's open to a church, God has a plan. And God wants to see something happen. He wants to see His people grow, and He wants to see lost people saved. says that He wept for Lazarus. says Jesus wept. How often does He say Sunday after Sunday, the Word being delivered. Somebody's sitting under conviction, and you don't think Jesus is sitting there weeping, saying, please come. Please come to me. You've went far. And I'm talking about Christians. You've went far enough. You're, he said Lazarus, He loved him. You know what that tells me? He loves me. He loves me. He loved me so much that He died on a cross for me. And when He done that, when I disappoint Him, He's sitting there weeping saying, Son, if you'd only learn. When I start doubting, every time I'm driving down the road to come here or go to my church and I'm going, Oh Lord, you, I can't do this. I, I, Lord, I'm going to fumble through this. I can't handle it. Lord, you've made a mistake. I believe he's sitting there crying going, Son, if you just trust me, if you just trust me, if you just believe in me, if you just listen to me, boy, the things I could do to you. I'm my, I'm my worst enemy. 
There's, you can cast judgment on me and I'll let it roll off my back and I don't care. But, if, but I cast more judgment on myself than anybody and I'll beat myself to the ground. I may be the only one that does that, but heaven help me, I, I am terrible at that. And, and the whole time he's telling me right here, he says, if you'll just call on me, if you'll trust in me, if you'll do what I say, do you not believe that I'm the resurrection? If he's the resurrection... Heaven, Lord of mercy, can He not help me? If He can bring the dead back to life. Well, that was, that was a Bible story. No, I believe He brought him back to life. I believe that the day that He called me out of a church pew, sitting there lost as could be, and He put me on the altar, the minute I surrendered my life, I believe He brought me to life. I don't believe that He... I know we say saved and we say born again and we and, and it says that it says that in the Bible, but I believe he killed the old man and he brought me to life. Because I didn't live a life. But once I started looking and I started looking at myself, I always looked at myself and I said, I'm not a bad person. I'm not a bad person. I don't do this, I don't do that. But I was killing myself. Every day I was going out and I was drinking and I was doing this and I was doing that. I was killing myself. And all of a sudden, somebody come to me that cared more about me than I cared about myself. And he said, if you'll just listen to me and you'll just come, I'll give you a new life. And the minute, I know people can argue this too, but the minute I stood up, I believe 100% I was saved. I come to this altar crying like a baby. I snotted all over the altar and I cried and I and the only thing I couldn't say anything but I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I said three words about a hundred times. But I knew the minute I stood up, because I sat there holding that pew going, I ain't moving. I ain't moving. And the minute I stood up was when I surrendered. And at that moment, the dead man fell behind me and my new life began to never go back to that dead man again. Because he's dead. He's dead. And it's my job to leave him dead. But instead I'll say, Lord, I can't do this. Lord, you made a mistake. Lord, you've done this. And I just keep trying to put that old body back on. And he's saying, son, I've already brought you back to life. Get out of this. But then I started thinking, not just that, not everyday life, but one day, like I said, this sister may be, she may be dead and gone by the time he comes back, but then she's going to rise up. But I firmly stand on a belief that I'm going to be standing somewhere one day. And I, and I told them I told them at church the other night, uh, Danny Gregory preached this message and I had had it marked and he jumped up and said, i got to preach something. And I looked and I said, and, and I told him, I said, you dwarfed me. I, I can't do that good. But, but I sat there and I thought about it. I told him, I said, one day I'm going to be standing. And he's going to say, Holy Ghost come up hither, church come up hither, whatever it may be, but I'm going to hear my name. And in that moment, I said, you may hear this, but I'm going to hear, loose him and let him go. And in that moment, I'm going to feel this body open up and I'm going to leave. They, I've always heard people refer to your rib cage. That's, that's your jail for this body. It's just holding you in. It's the bars that are keeping you together. If you want to talk surgically, it's holding everything inside. One day, this body that's holding this spirit that belongs up there is going to burst open one day. And he's going to say, loose him and let him go. He's going to say, world, you don't own dominion over him anymore. Loose him and let him go. Satan, you have no power anymore. Loose him and let him go. And in that moment, I'm going to hear my new name. 
Whatever it may be. I, I don't care. He can call me Dustin and I'll still like it. If, but He'll call me by name and I, will, and I will know my name, I will hear my name, and I will go home to never have to fight any of this anymore. And I started, I just can't, I can't consume that all. Just to think, to sit there and think about what that day is going to be like. That He's literally going to look. And it, the best part about this Scripture... I don't know if anybody's ever thought about this before, but this was a dress rehearsal. If you notice, he tells you that it's in a cave with a stone in front of it. And he said, I'm going to show you something here. Mary and Martha, what's the chances? He said, I'm going to show you something that one day it's going to make it easy for you to believe. I am so grateful that in my life he has gave me examples throughout. I know Tommy talked Sunday night about this is an example. He gave us an example to live off of it, to live by it. I'm so glad that he's put examples in my life that I can follow and I can trust in him. I believe people can be healed because I've got to see it happen. We had a man at our church six, seven years ago that walked on a cane that was had bad had a bad stroke. And he would get to the steps and you would walk him up to this step and he would start sweating and shaking and you'd have to put a pill under his mouth, to, under his tongue to calm him down. And he couldn't drive because he'd get out somewhere and he'd, his mind just didn't work. He'd get out somewhere and you didn't know where he was at. And he didn't know who to call, how to get back. He's driving today. He's teaching Sunday school in a church today. He does not walk with a cane anymore. He laid it under the altar that day. And then somebody got it for him and said, you want to take that home? He said, put that thing back under there. I don't need it. And then he come to walk up. To, he plays a mandolin. He come to walk up. And we had a we had a ramp on one side just for him pretty much. He walked up to that ramp and he just stopped. And he went walking over here and he climbed up them steps. He said, I'd have slapped him in the face if I'd have climbed up them steps. Why do I believe that people can be healed? Because he left me an example. So now if I see somebody that comes up and says, I need a healing, I don't even have to depend on my not even a grain of a mustard seed faith. I know it. I've seen it happen. I've been there. I've been a part of that. So he'd done the same thing for Mary and Martha. And I start thinking, man, how good are you? How good are you that you left them an example? It doesn't say anything else about Lazarus in the Bible. He had no importance whatsoever besides the fact that Jesus was walking by and said, bring him back out of there. Loose him and let him go. Then he went on his way and you never hear about him anymore. Why? He had to show everybody else an example. The only thing important about Lazarus was he was used by Jesus. If you want to flip on over, it says, my righteousness is filthy rags. The only important thing about me is that I can be used by Jesus. Or I could make myself even less righteous and not let him use me. And I could sit Sunday after Sunday in a church and just sit. Or I could brag about him. I could brag on the things he's done. I can brag on the proof that this sister the other night blessed me in the sense that she said, I've had this come against me out of people that I never expected and anything else. She's still here. She's still here. That's a testimony that she can that that she brags without saying anything. I know people, and I've been the one that said, "I'm sick and tired of getting beat on. I'm going home." Instead, she said, "I'll be back tomorrow night. I'll be back for this. I'll be back for that." You know what that tells me? She believes in what she's here for. Yeah. 
And what does that do? That's a testimony that she's bragging on Jesus. Why is she important? Because she's being used by Jesus. I ain't important enough. I'm not going to have anything. I'm not going to have a plaque. I'm not, I'll be lucky if I get a headstone if I die. I'm nothing. I'm nothing here. I don't, I'm, the best I've got going for me is I'm, I'm respected at my job. Worldly wise, that don't mean nothing. The day I die, they'll have somebody replace me the next day. You, I can sit and build up myself at my work at how good I am and what I can do and everything else. And I die, they'll come to the funeral. They'll say, honey, I hate that this happened. We're going to miss him. We love him. Here's the new guy. They'll introduce him while they're coming to the grave. That's how important I am. But if I let God use me, that I could change somebody else's life. That we could be so important that we could be a part of somebody's testimony. That's all Lazarus was. He was a part of the testimony that Mary and Martha got to carry the rest of their life and say, hey, I believe that he did resurrect because I watched him do it to my brother. Just like the rolling the stone away, he was Jesus. He could have said, stone, roll away. He could have said, Come forth and the whole hillside come out. But instead he said, Lazarus, come forth. I've got to show you to somebody. He could have said, stone, roll away. But instead he said, roll that stone away so that you can see him walk out of there on his own power. And I heard, I heard somebody say before, oh, when, when Will takes over, look at Lazarus. He come like It didn't have anything to do with Will. It had all to do with Jesus. When, when talent takes over, I'm not talented. You heard my song leading. It's, it's lackluster at best. But, if, but it doesn't matter. He says make a joyful noise. I couldn't tell you what tune we were in or anything else. It doesn't matter. If we could just do our part, then the next thing you know, you watch God start working. And then the next thing you know, you see somebody rededicate their life. You see somebody get saved. And you could just sit back and go, I just had a small part in that. How good is God that He'd let us have a small part in something like that? That He'd let Mary and Martha come and watch the stone, take the stone back and watch their brother come back to life. And them going, God, why didn't you come early enough? You could have you healed him. You could have done this, you could have done that. And said, oh no, you watch this. You, you don't even believe that I am the resurrection. But watch me bring him to life. And then everybody else got to stand there and be a part of that. I get to be a part. It says that the angels rejoice in heaven when somebody gets saved. We can barely get the church to rejoice. We ought to rejoice every time somebody hits an altar. We ought, we ought to be down here praying that right there. Loose them and let them go. Loose them and let them go. Devil, get off of them. Whatever. I don't care if it's a, if it's a burden somebody's carrying. Say, let me help carry that. Why? Because that's my job. I should be, I should be a Christian. Christ-like. I should want to help. But, boy, they wear that altar out. Evidently, it ain't working. Well, maybe you should come pray harder. Sometimes, have you ever been to the point where you just couldn't get nothing out? And you're just laying there crying? Just all, sometimes all it takes is to feel somebody grab you by the shoulder or rub on your back and say, let's pray. And the next thing you know, you start feeling that burden be lifted. You start feeling things happen. I know Dustin, I use him as an example because he's my best friend, but 
My mom told him one time, he went through a spell when, well, when he was trying to announce his call to preach, for one, but he was, he was on the altar almost every service. And he said, man, that bothers me. You know, I worry about it. And my mom went to him one day and she said, if you've got to ride that altar to get to heaven, ride it. But you know what we do? My goodness, they're on that altar again. My goodness, I wish they'd hurry up. I got lunch plans. When we ought to be up here, we ought to be surrounding them, praying with them. It ain't our business what it is. But we ought to be saying, Lord, loose them and let them go. They've been burdened forever. They've had a burden. They've talked about it. They've testified about it. They've prayed about it. Loose them and let them go. But instead we just sit in the pew. Work it out yourself. The, the guy that got saved Monday, I can't get it off of me. When I go to church Sunday, I told him Monday night, and then we walked out and didn't do it. So when I go to church Sunday, we're going to gather around him, and we're going to lay hands on him and pray over him. Because we need that. See, that's new Christians need that. Our biggest thing is we, we loose them and let them go, literally. We just say, oh, they got saved. Let them fly. Where we should be, instead, we should be bond, just bonding around them. Can you do it for me right now? Yes. I want to be loose from this sin. Take this sin back. A couple of years ago, after God saved me, and He took this from me. And Satan just keeps hounding me and hounding me and hounding me. And I keep picking it right back up. God will take it from me. And I'll pick it right back up. I want to be loose from this forever. God has, God has a ministry for me. And I cannot do my ministry as I'm doing this. And I know that my heart. I want to be loosed from this sin against God now and forever. I never want to pick this up again. I want to be loose. And I'll sit right back there. Not as to you would be anyway. It's the last time I want to throw it down. (laughs) 